What's going on, guys, and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, January 27, 2022. I'm Graham Giusin Matthews here on the eve of Royal Rumble weekend. Very excited. Very excited, per usual, for Royal Rumble Saturday. Not Sunday this year. For the first time ever, I believe, on a Saturday. Um, it's been a busy week. A lot going on in the world of wrestling between WWE, AEW, all of which we will get into here on today's show. But before then, in light of some non-Royal Rumble-related news, Dan Housen is all elite, and not only is he all elite following his debut on Dynamite last night at Beach Break, he's also on WrestleRant Radio here today. Um, this is my interview with Dan Housen from, we recorded in late December, it went up on Bleacher Report, I think two weeks ago, literally like two or three weeks ago, probably not even that. I think last week we talked to Breaker, the NXT champion. Two weeks ago, I think we put up uh, the Dan Housen interview on Bleach Report to a great response on Twitter, the article itself, on YouTube. It went up in video form initially on my YouTube channel um, back in, again, that, that same exact day, about two weeks ago. But again, in light of his debut last night, I didn't get a chance to put it here on the podcast yet. I know it's not Royal Rumble related, but it is one of my favorite interviews I've done ever. I mean, the guy was great. And it is better in video form. I am wearing a goofy Santa hat and a, and a goofy you know, Zoom background, Christmas theme background, whatever. Um, but beyond that, though, it's a great, fun interview. And I thought I would share it here today in light of his debut last night on Dynamite. So that's coming up momentarily. Followed by predictions for the Royal Rumble with myself and Mr. Marceau, per usual. Talking about, <clears throat> you know, some recent WWE news, AEW news thoughts on Beach Break from Wednesday night. That edition of Dynamite. All that and much more here on today's episode of WrestleRant Radio. But before then, two quick cheap plugs, both of which being interviews. The first one going up earlier this week, my chat with the SmackDown superstar Celtic Warrior himself, Sheamus. Talking all things Royal Rumble and so much more. Went up in video form on the channel, the YouTube channel that is, youtube.com backslash Graham Matthews. Uh, that went up on Monday. Also in article form on dailyddt.com. So check that out. And then after that, depending on when you're listening to this, before the Rumble, hopefully, uh, on Saturday. Uh, we got Kofi Kingston, also in video form on the channel for an interview, and an article form on that same site, dailyddt.com. So check that, that check that out when it hopefully goes up tomorrow. It should be tomorrow um, at some point on the channel and on the website on dailyddt.com. And the Seamus one went up on Monday. So check those out. And you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, and now on Pandora as well. Easier than ever to check out WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. And with all that being said, guys, here's my exclusive interview, Housen, with AEW's newest star, Dan Housen. What's going on, guys? Graham Jason Matthews here with WhatCulture.com and a Bleach Report as well. Right ahead of the holidays is probably going up after the fact, but we got a Christmas treat for you guys. We're talking one of the hottest free agents in all of wrestling right now. We're talking with the very evil, very nice himself, Mr. Dan Housen. Dan Housen, brother, how's it going? Ah, it's going pretty good. It's just uh, sitting around right now, having a wonderful time. How are you doing, Graham? I'm doing excellent. Now, we were just talking a little bit before we got going here, but it's a big day as we speak on December 21st. You tweeted about it on Monday. You got physical therapy undergoing for the cybernetic leg. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that and how that's been going for you? As you know, you suffered the injury about a month ago. So talk a little bit about that. Well, it's over a month now. Dan hasn't suffered the injury on uh, Halloween. Wow. So, wow. What is it? Almost two months, two, it's four just months. About, yeah. So. Uh, it is going okay. It was the first day of physical therapy on this robotic leg Dan has, has now. And uh, what is 
they're doing easy things, but it is quite hard to do now, is such as uh, stretches in body weights, body weight squats, that is. So it's quite difficult, but we should get there and become even more strong, like uh, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Like Trent, Trent has a robot neck now. That's true, Trent. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Dan has to shave his head and uh, <laughs> come back super, super strong. Maybe so. But uh, yeah, I mean, the timing works out perfectly. Christmas is right around the corner. It gives you a chance to kind of relax, recharge the batteries. You mentioned how the injury occurred on Halloween, but you've still been very busy. Obviously, we saw your Ring of Honor final battle as we speak right now, just about a week or two ago. Um, you've been doing signings. You were at C2E2 a couple weeks ago. I know you were doing the big event. I was so mad I didn't get a chance to go to. You were like there day one. I was there the second day. I was so ah. frustrated I missed you. Um, but you've been busy. Talk about how the last couple of months have been for you because it's been quite the world when it seems well yes dan hasn't broke his leg on a sunday mm-hmm. i believe it was a sunday halloween was and a then, sunday yep and then he had surgery on that friday had about five days off or so and then it was back on the road so he's back on the road doing signings i think the big event was the first thing possibly yeah yeah uh, and then what did we do we did c2 2 that was dan Housen and cm punk signing mm-hmm. together at last that was quite wonderful uh, yes, it's been quite busy, but it's just been doing signings, appearances. Dan Housen managed the Rock and Roll Express. He bought a mullet to match them quite nicely. That was wonderful. But yes, we've been all over uh, New York City, um, North Carolina for the High Spots Wrestling Auctions, Chicago, but of course, Maryland for Ring of Honor, West Virginia this weekend. And then we uh, finished up this weekend in Lexington, Kentucky at uh, Toy Vomit, which is Toy Headquarters in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, with uh, Ethan Page and Swaggle. Very nice. So you, you're pretty much clear until February, right? You're going to be laying low physical therapy yes. from here on out for the foreseeable future? Yes, unless something huge comes up. Who knows? I guess you oh. never know. <laughs> anything could happen come 2022. You know, anything can happen in wrestling, obviously. And you mentioned yes. C2E2. It was quite the pairing yourself and Pepsi Man himself, CM Punk. Uh, right. it, it, I feel like it's the pairing that people have been waiting for for such a long time. Punk seems like he's such a big fan of yours and, and to see you guys kind of uh, the mega powers, so to speak, kind of coming together at C2E2. Talk about how that experience was in meeting Punk for the first time in person. Like two macho men coming together to form the mega powers. It's quite <laughs> wonderful. So, uh, yes, it was great. Uh, Dan Housing was the first time meeting a Mr. CM Punk. We ate Starbucks together. It was wonderful. We had catering together. The fellow from uh, Breaking Bad was there. He's the Gustavo Fring. Oh, okay, okay. The villain. The villain. Yes, okay. he was there. He's in The Mandalorian, too. Uh, he was there. We all had a great time. Uh, but yes, we just got to meet fan housings. Uh, lots of people taking photos with Dan Housen and CM Punk, which was pretty surreal for Dan Housing. And uh, yes, he just rode around on his scooter because it was uh, really long distance walking. So Dan Housen had a scooter to drive around it and honk his horn at people. But it was quite a wonderful experience. That's cool. I mean, that weekend, especially too, I mean, you were quite the busy man between that on Saturday, Sunday, or no, that was, you were there Friday and Sunday, right? Yes. So we had to do Friday, wake up really early where Dan has an accident. We went to O'Hare instead of Midway <laughs> to fly to Maryland to do commentary for final battle at Ring of Honor. And then, get back, go to sleep for three hours, and then fly back to Chicago to finish out the signings. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yes. And Punk held down the fort, I know, in your absence. I know he had. Are he you did. He got uh, Dan Housen banned on Saturday for having Coke Zero. 
So that's why I mean, we need to go to final battle. He, he's Pepsi man banned us for having Coke Zero, even though he doesn't drink Pepsi anymore. Oh, he doesn't drink Pepsi anymore. Is that now that he drinks some sort of seltzer water now? Oh, okay. That's that's news to me. So I didn't know that. That's uh, breaking news. news. <laughs> I was gonna say um, he said it on the AEW Unrestricted podcast. Oh. He listed off the brand. I don't remember what. No, oh, okay, okay. So this isn't exactly breaking news. I guess it's just news to me then. So hey. it's pretty cool. But um, nonetheless, though, I mean, especially between that, you've been at other comic cons, or yeah, you weren't the big event. Not the big event. What am I thinking of? The New, New York, York Comic Con. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so I was actually at that one on the Saturday. I had seen you. You were doing the one with um the. And MJF? MJF. Or I think you were and, by uh, your, Orange Cassidy was there too, wasn't it? Orange Cassidy and MJF, yes. Yes, yes. I know you were doing the signing there that day. And I'm like, oh, there's Dan Housen. Get my chance to meet him. So like a week before that, my girlfriend and I were at a Connecticut show, the bar show in Milford, Connecticut. Oh, yes. Bar, not bars. I forget what it was called exactly. Trivia. Bar trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling trivia. And uh, I mean, I had already know who you were, but she had no clue who Dan Housen was. So we go to the show. We see you come out. She became a fan instantly. Like she, we, we watched all your matches, promos from Ring of Honor from that point forward. I see you a week later at the New York Comic Con. I'm like, she wasn't there with me that day. I'm like, I can't meet him without her. So we got to hold off, but maybe at uh. some point in 2022. But anyway, speaking of Comic Cons and stuff like that, I know you posted in your vlog meeting John Cena there as well. How was that experience? Oh, yes. He said, hello, Dan Housen. Nice to meet you. You're awesome. Then we took a photo together, caught up briefly with 0.1 seconds. Dan Housen was on his way. And that was the one with looking the... looking forward to seeing uh, Peacemaker, the series. <laughs> the Peacemaker... We had a force field between us. Yeah. This, here's the saying. thing. There was a force field because you cannot have the power of John Cena and Dan Housen collide. Mm-hmm. So there was a force breaker and it, uh, you know, kept all of our powers in check. Because otherwise the universe could have, you know, boom. Exactly. That's what they call a paradox. I think in the back of the future world. That's pretty yes, much yes, what yes. it been. That, it's pretty would much what the it dimension been. of Dan Housen meeting the dimension of Cena. Exactly. It's crazy. I mean, between Cena, CM Punk, and everyone else you've interacted with, specifically over the last year, and everyone that's aware of Dan Housen and your very evilness and everything else. Conan uh, O'Brien, Dan Housen's great friend. Obviously, Conan O'Brien being one of them. Rock um, the how, Dwayne Johnson. Du- exactly. Dwayne as well. I mean, I guess that would be my answer right there. But my next question for you, what other people have you have become of Dan, uh, become aware of Dan Housen that you've right. seen that have really surprised you that you're like, wow, I'm surprised they're aware of my evilness? Well, just the other day at C2E2, the day Dan Housen was banished. But of course, we had uh, Adam Page. You might have heard of him. He is the AW world champion. Yep. And they were on stage and fans asked, uh, who do you want to face? And apparently everybody listed off people who are in AEW. And then he looked at all of them and he says, how oh, has no one said Dan Housen yet? And he said, I would like to fight Dan Housen. So that was one. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Henry seems to be a fan housing of Dan Housen. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. A couple of things. So yes, lots of, oh, uh, you know, Ed McGuinness. McGuinness. He, I... he used to draw Batman, Superman, Public Enemies. That's why that sounds familiar. Yep. He's a fan housing of Dan Housen. Wow. He's a fan housing well as well. That's crazy. He does not really use the internet, but Dan Housen found out that he was a fan of Dan Housen's. Speaking of that, I mean, kind of going off that, the internet really feels like, especially during the pandemic, where we didn't have any shows, not as many signings as we've you know had in the last couple of months. And this is really where, I mean, you've been around for a while, but the Dan Housen sensation has really exploded over the last 365 days since you first got your bag of monies from Ring of Honor, getting your contract there and everything else that's followed. 
Talk about how big uh, the, you know, the internet has been an influence for you and uh, the popularity that you've really become in making fan housings out of everyone online. Yes, well, it's a free tool. Well, it's not free, but pretty much everyone has it at this point. You have to have it. So why not use it to make money? Why not use it to spread your name? So Danhausen has used this free tool or whatever mm-hmm. and followed in the footsteps of uh, Zack Ryder really hammered in the usage of the internet to get his name out there and mm-hmm. make fames and monies. And Danhausen used that blueprint along with Ethan Page's blueprints to use the internet. It seemed to work quite well. So when you're back in the corner, you have no use of uh, physical shows. You have to do what you can. And he did. Mm-hmm. And it was quite successful. And now we're on what culture right now? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Just speaking right now. And that's kind of how it all started. And not just that, but like, you know, you have the pro wrestling tea store, you got cameo. So, I mean, we'll talk about a little bit of the end as well, but talk about everything you got going on right now and how people can really fully, truly experience Danhausen and buy your merchandise and stuff like that. Yes. Well, we've got uh, the love that Dan have well, patreon.com slash love that Danhausen is where all of the exclusive interviews and cooking shows and everything people really like to watch on television, Dan Housen recreates it exclusively for his fan housings uh, in a community. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way. Uh, Dan Housen's got his YouTube channel uh, where he puts previews of stuff like that up in a monthly vlog. Those seem to be very popular right yep. now. So Dan Housen is exploiting them. Uh, but he's got uh, CM Punk is on one. So that'll be quite good. Special guest. Hasn't come uh, out yet. Not yet. He's editing it today. It should okay. go up today. So it'll be up by the time this comes out. Probably. Oh, very nice. Uh, but youtube.com slash love that Dan Housing. We've got what cameo, as you said, cameo is where you can order Dan Housing to curse your enemies. Uh, what there you get the pro wrestling key store slash Dan Housing, where Dan Housing is on the wall now. Yes. They painted him on the window on the outside. <laughs> it's quite wonderful. So, yeah, Dan Housing is pretty much everywhere. He's got his own coffee. He's been yeah. on the cover of heavy metal uh, magazine. It's been on the Commanders in Crisis comic book cover. So he's all over the place. That's an image comics book. Who did you replace on the wall for Pro Wrestling Tees? Who was there previously? So it's your one. The fellow who replaced Dan House in his number one in the PWI 500 took Dan House's number one spot. It was uh-huh. John Maxley. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now Dan House took his spot on the wall. <laughs> Are you worried about any backlash from getting from replacing one of the top stars in AEW right now? It is eye for an eye, you know. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that are aware of Dan Housen. You mentioned everyone that, you, you know, everyone that you're surprised to know that was a fan housing of Dan yes. Housen. I mean, to me, it's wild that someone such as because after I had seen you in person for the first time at that uh, bar wrestling show, the bar trivia show a couple of weeks, a couple months ago in Connecticut, um, I was surprised to see Jim Cornette be so positive. I mean, he oh, is yes. someone not not to bash in any Jim Cornette or anything like that, but he's very critical, very critical of a lot of things. I mean, you're, you're, you know, just just of anything, I guess, wrestling related, depending on what it is. And he seems to be a fan housing as well. I mean, that's quite crazy to me. Loves that Dan housing for some reason. <laughs> it's a baffling uh, turn of events, but Dan has will take it. So also Chris Judas is a fan housing of Dan Housing. Chris you're on Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Yeah, yeah, you're on yes. Talk is Jericho. We're on the cruise. Yeah, the Dan cruise Housen as well. saved Chris Jericho at the end for getting destroyed by Chaos Project. <laughs> so Dan Housing is in the main event of the yep. cruise on the last night. 
Oh, amazing. I mean, it's, it's a while to think about, not just the last year for you, but the last couple of months specifically mentioning everything that you've been up to. Um, talk a little bit about your involvement with Ring of Honor over the last couple of months. Obviously, the news came in October. They're going to be taking hiatus for a little while, starting right after Final Battle, which was about a week from when we speak right now. Um, talk about, before we get into, I guess, the, the company as a whole and, and your involvement over the last year, uh, finding out the news about the company's future, your initial reaction and what you thought was, you know, what's kind of going through in your mind, the Dan Housen mind at that point. Dan Housen's monies would be affected. You've done a television anymore. Mm-hmm. So his plan was just to, well, his leg broke, but just to get back on television as soon as possible or something. Mm-hmm. So that's what we had to figure out is what we're going to do. Dan Housen was looking forward to it because he's hoping to uh, have wrestled Dalton Castle at final battle for the television championship. Don't know if that was going to happen, but mm-hmm. Dan Hasen would have pushed for it. You know, I was going to say. Slipped a five to somebody to make it happen. Yeah, well, Dalton Castle, I mean, obviously the reigning uh, world television champion going into the show. Was that something that was confirmed to you that that was the match? That was the match that you wanted, but were there that any was the match plans? Dan Hasen wanted. Oh, okay, okay. It was not confirmed to Dan Hasen. Dan Hasen doesn't know what he was going to be doing. Oh, okay, okay. That was ideally he would have been doing that or perhaps uh, would have been nice to wrestle Brody King, his good friend. He's great. As, yeah, he's probably Brody not King a good actually. idea to wrestle him, but it would have been pretty good, uh, <laughs> I suppose. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, they're, they're, the, the matches there are just limitless as far as the Ring of Honor roster is concerned. We still got to see him make an appearance at the pay-per-view during commentary yes. on the pre-show, which was great. Um, at this point in time, again, we're speaking on December 21st. Is there any end date? There's, I guess it's different for everyone from what people have said as far as contractually when you're free and clear. Is it January 1st? Do you have to wait until yes. April or January 1st? Year. Okay. January 1st, Dan Housen is a free boy. <laughs> 2022, just another year for Dan Housen, which is right. great. Right um, now, we've got what, 10 days left. Yeah, just another 10 days left. And then, well, I mean, obviously, your current focus, I would have to imagine, is getting healthy, you know, resting yes. the cybernetic leg and everything else, right? Yes, we're taking all, like I said, all of January is taken off to do uh, physical therapies and mm-hmm. hopefully get this muscly leg back to being muscly. And not only that, obviously, people can support. After you broke your leg, there was a lot of support for you online. That, yes, everyone that, that wants to help you. Everyone. And you can buy, you know, your shirt and everything else through Pro Wrestling Tees. And you mentioned the best ways to support were how you mentioned before, right? The Patreon, yes. Pro Wrestling Tees, and everything else. Yes, exactly. Just none of those. Go back and listen five minutes ago. So <laughs> we'll do it all again. But uh, yes, you can go on those. And that's the best way to support Dan Housen and his wonderfully broken leg. And going forward, talking about the future and what we can look forward to from Danhausen in 2022. Once you're all healed up, obviously, there's just the state of wrestling right now is so exciting because there's so many different places that we could see people pop up, whether it be, you know, uh, AEW or a WWE or even a New Japan and stuff like that. We're already kind of starting to see that with a Jay Lethal popping up in um, All Elite with, you know, thanks to Tony Elite just a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago. Uh, For you, is there any one destination where you feel, all right, Dan Housen would be perfect in this one place or, again, really anywhere that might be on the table? Well, let me fix my hair before I answer this very important question. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, good. No, no, hold on, hold on. All right, there it is. So, Dan Housen, as he said, must get back on television. There is a certain place, I do not think it has been a secret, where Dan Housen uh, would like to have wrestling matches with lots of people because they are all there. There's, you know, we could either team with MJF or if he just tries to uh, betray Dan Housen, punch him in the groin. Dan Housen has unfinished business with Corey mm-hmm. from like two years ago, three years ago, if you really count it. Uh, we well, you know, there's lots of Dan Housen needs a team with Pepsi Man, CM Punk, 
needs to fight Hangman, apparently, because he's calling out Danhausen in Chicago's. Mm-hmm. So, seems to be one place for Danhausen where the goal might be. What was Next the AEW. We even tried going to the headquarters. Oh, really? And uh, asking the machine seemed to be closed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're hoping and uh, Tony is inside, Danhausen needs a job. He's been fired. So, have you had any conversation, any interact with Tony Elite at all? I know he had shouted you out in that, uh, not the Barstool podcast. Uh, my mom's Barstool. Facebook. Then has yes. said hello, and he said hello back. So. With a question mark. Yes, with a question mark. With a question mark. Was, a question. <laughs> was that he the extent? did not break the rules. Dan Housing also, speaking of the rules, yep. for the rules, FTR, Dan Housing must find a partner mm-hmm. who wrestle them once his leg is healed. So, I mean, speaking of that, is that something, I mean, if you were to go to an AEW is, uh, there's a lot of stables there. It seems is a group, something you're interested in, or would you rather fly solo or the tag team ranks? Anything particular really stand out to you? Well, Danhausen could be CM Punk's legend, like how Darby has sting. True. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, give him some advice on how to get the championship. Uh, Danhausen does have a lot of good friends there. And uh, so Orange Cassidy uh, is one of them. What else do we have? Wait, the Dark Order is pretty evil. They seem quite nice. Yes, very evil. Very nice. Uh, what else do we have? Obviously, there's tons of people to fit in. Britt Baker, she seems to deal with teeth, which is true. To Dan Housing's interests. Yeah. Chris Judas, a good friend of Dan Housing. Perhaps Dan is enjoying them. Those uh, fellows, Santana and Ortiz, are looking quite evil these days. So. Yeah. Who knows? Actually, yeah. But the scars with MJF. Yeah, that's true. Very true. MJF, Santana, Ortiz, obviously Punk would be a natural This is the thing. There is a whole list of people Dan Housen loves at that company. Yeah. So we shall make enemies with them, or we shall make friends with them, or whatever. Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. Dan Housen has been helping out while he's broken. That's probably the biggest feud in wrestling right now is Dan Housen versus the Ass Boys. And you're not even technically in AEW right now, and that's the biggest feud going going into the new year. Dan Housen is just trying to help them by embracing their name and making their famous rise. And you're getting them, you're helping them sell t-shirts. I don't know if they, they realize They got that. the t-shirts. We had Dan Housen's wonderful things. And all the monies is going to them, not Dan Housen. Oh, yes. We should call Tony Elite <laughs> and see what the deal is with that. We got to figure that out. I mean, it just seems like too natural of a fit, obviously. But if there were other options on the table, I mean, especially now, just to throw it out there, somewhere like an NXT 2.0, when they're kind of focusing on Dan Housen-like type superstars right now, not that you don't want to say no to any one particular offer, obviously. Is that something that would interest you at all? Were you one of those people growing up? Was Dan Housen one of those people growing up that, you know, always dreamed of being in WWE? Obviously, times are different now where it's not the be all end all as it once was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, what were your what would be your thoughts on a WWE potential landing spot? Well, Dan Housen has good friends there as well. Dan Housen mm-hmm. would love to wrestle uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Sami Zayn would be quite wonderful. Dan Housen would love the team with the, the New Day. Mm-hmm. Good friends with Xavier Woods. Uh, what's that? What's that? Shotzi Blackheart. Dan has a great friend. So, you know, who knows? Cesaro is there. Wonderful wrestler. So there's lots of people Dan has one of the wrestle there. It's Kevin Owens just re-signed, it seems. He did, yeah. And uh, Dan has one of the wrestle. He would not like to get stunned by him, though. <laughs> But yeah. they're from Dan Houston's area, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn, from oh, Montreal really? area. Oh, so. wow. Very nice. Did you have any interaction with them prior to them joining WWE or just just aware of them and just friendly with them? Just aware of them. And then uh, Dan Housen has met Sami Zayn uh, once. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty nice. 
very nice and very evil to a degree as well. It seems like he also, you know, rumors would be believed and we're speaking right now that he also may have re-signed the WWE. So it seems like their future may also be in WWE for right now as well. Dan Housie doesn't know. (laughs) Maybe I could be wrong. Dan Housie will take your word for it. We'll see. We'll see. I may not be the most credible source, but that's what I've heard um, so far. But as we wind down, you're talking about, you know, wrestling and all this other stuff uh, with non-wrestling things, just a bunch of random questions for you. But my girlfriend is just obsessed with tattoos. She loves tattoos. She's a big tattoo enthusiast. Obviously, Dan Housen has quite a few of them. Can you talk a few about uh, talk a little bit about a few of the tattoos that you have and some of the inspiration behind said tattoos? Yes, we shall talk about these ones. There is a, a cat named mm-hmm. Scratchy. Mm-hmm. I said this backwards. And a mouse named Itchy. We got oh, those. Nice. There's a forbidden donut. It is a cursed donut, if you will. Right around here, I think. We have a Dr. Doom, because he's quite the leader. Mm-hmm. And what else do we have? We have this wonderful uh, handsome devil. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, get the wonderful Simpsons, the Dr. Doom, and then we get the devil. Very nice. It seems like a very good combination of tattoos to have. Any, any one like particular story or meaning behind them or just stuff that you liked? Just stuff that Dan has likes. It's a collection yeah. of his uh, personalities. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Hey, just an Dan extension. <laughs> just an extension of Dan Housen, which is fantastic. Um, we were talking a little bit again before we got started here about you know comic books and stuff like that. People can check out more about your unboxings and, and more about that stuff on your YouTube channel as well. Love that Dan Housen. Uh, going off that again, we, spoiler alert, I mentioned that I was going to throw that out there. Spider-Man No Way Home was just released last Friday as we speak right now. Fantastic movie. Can you give me your two cents on it, what your thoughts on it were and how they kind of brought everything together for the Spider-Man franchise? Seemed to be a fan service movie done in the perfect way. Mm-hmm. It was not too much. Some films do the fan service thing and it is just too much hammered in. This was done tastefully. Mm-hmm. It was done well. Uh, Willem Dafoe stole the show. Absolutely. Dan Housen does wish that, spoiler alert, he turned green in the face. But his facials, quite wonderful enough to look like a goblin man. So it was good. Uh, Dan Housen enjoyed himself thoroughly. It was a long movie, but it did not feel like a long movie because it was uh, paced well, Mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, The surprises, I don't know how much we can get into this. It comes out in a week later, but he's happy to see everybody return. Mm -hmm. He did not understand, though. What was the point of Venom? So was it just to get rid of Venom? I, to get their own? That's what I was wondering as well, because they had teased and let there be carnage that he would be part of the MCU. Technically, he was for about 30 seconds in this movie. And then but he we disappears not, again. Yeah. So, we're, I mean, I guess we could get Venom in this in this universe, but are we not going to get the Tom Hardy Venom in the MCU moving forward? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Hopefully not. Dan House is not, not a fan of those films. Really? Really? Is that your hot take? First one was fine, I guess. Okay. Second one, too much. Too much? What, what Dan hasn't take- enjoyed 0% of the second movie. Really? Let There Be Carnage? Yeah, I didn't like it. Wow. How would you compare it to Spider-Man 3 and the involvement of Venom in that one? Dan Housen would rather watch Spider-Man 3 than watch <laughs> Venom 2. Wow, that is a hot take, sir. Yeah, That's I suppose take. so, but you know what? Uh, at least that one has silly bad parts. This movie uh-huh. just seemed... Did not do anything for Dan Housen. Dan Housen was bored the whole time. So you're happy that we're not getting that uh, that Tom Hardy venom. They, you, so you were you were probably cheering in the theater after you saw that post credit scene. Yeah, it just went good. We can get our own version of Venom. because <laughs> it, 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 it's too much. It's like if to... uh, Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny became Venom. You think so? 
Kind of. That's what it seems like to Dan Housen. Wow. Interesting. What about Flash? You think he might be getting the Venom symbiote next? I hope not. That also seems bad. <laughs> Is no. there any one person in that universe you think would be a good fit that we've seen on screen so far or no? Uh, no. I think we need to introduce someone. Okay. He introduced Eddie Brock. He hasn't been introduced yet. In this universe. In this universe, yes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, maybe yes. maybe Dan Housen could be Eddie Brock in this in this universe. Yeah, you know what? I think that would be a good good idea. I think that would be the way to uh, make even more billions of dollars for Dan Housen <laughs> and MCU. Exactly. Make more monies. Uh, going off that as we wind down here, like I said, your entrance music is fantastic. Obviously, playoff tequila and, and your yes. own version of it is great as well, available on your YouTube channel. Theoretically, like two minutes to late night. Yeah, exactly. Two minutes to late night. Exactly. Um, if you were to use it by, you know, in anywhere that you go, are you able to use it? Is that something that's royal? Yes, Dan Housen owns it now. They gave Dan Housen the rights to it. Oh, perfect. I was surprised they that Ring of Honor one. I mean, your Ring of Honor music was good, too. I'm surprised they wouldn't let you use that over there. Dan Housen tried. Was not, tried. Uh, they wanted Dan Housen to keep their house music or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Dan Housen tried to push that music. He said, hello, Dan Housen's had custom music made. Mm-hmm. Would you like to use it? And they said, <laughs> well, I mean, again, at least going forward, you can use it wherever you go, which is fantastic. Cause we yeah, heard it yeah. for the first time at that bar show. And I'm like, well, why does this sound so familiar? And I didn't realize until later, obviously what it was, which was just excellent. Yes, Dan has, would like to get uh, John Carpenter or Danny Elfman to make him in music too. Oh, really? Is that like on your bucket list of things to do? Yes. One of the two it would be quite cool. Oh, that would be excellent. Anything else going forward into 2022? Obviously, be signed by All Elite would be fantastic. Things that you want to do, stuff even like that, even stuff that you wouldn't really necessarily even put on a bucket list, stuff you want to do in 2022. Yeah, a television show, non-wrestling related as well, mm-hmm. would be quite nice. That would be cool. Maybe, more, maybe a Dan Housen comic book itself, not just on a cover. Mm-hmm. Dan Housen cartoon. Dan has an action figure, which is coming out. So that's, but like full scale. Yeah, yeah. You get the small one, but we need the full scale action figure. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, Dan Housen would want to look at those, those, what are they called? The pop vinyls are very popular. Oh, but those are great. Those are great. It seems as though someone has a stronghold on them hmm. for wrestling. So, really, I was going to say, because weren't there, there was a Cody and a Bucks one years ago. Yes, like before shortly after that, they were not anymore. So. <laughs> I guess that was the only time when we got non. You know, that type of Funko Pop. So we'll have to find a way around that to make many monies with one of those. That is true. Many monies are to be made with Funko Pops in the future. I didn't know I wanted one of those until you ma- until you mentioned it. And now people can make this stuff custom too. So that's always that's an option. That's true, but-, but they cost too much then. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You got to get one of those official ones. So. monetize with multiples. <laughs> exactly. Got to monetize. Christmas on Saturday from when we speak right now. What are your holiday plans? What are the holiday plans for Dan Housen? Dan has to meet up with his assistant Davis and camera boy Nicholas at night and exchange gifts. Nice. Right on that, he'll do some family time, very evil family time, and hopefully someone gives him a drum set. Oh, drums. Is that what you're looking for for Christmas? Yes. Top quality drum set. Are you a drummer? Yes. Well, you don't do other things. Oh, I didn't Dan know Housing. It's wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Any Christmas movies that you're looking to watch before uh, Saturday night that you haven't seen already this month? I mean, I guess oh. favorite Christmas movies. Dan, as you know, he's watches Home Alone. Fantastic. So, we've watched Home Alone like eight times this year, at least <laughs> before Christmas even. Watched, uh, what is it, Christmas Vacation about five times already this Amazing. year. Amazing. That's my probably second favorite Christmas movie, yeah. What's your first? Uh, so my first one is The Grinch from 2000, oh. personally. I mean, oh, I just okay. love Jim Carrey's Grinch. I think it's fantastic. I have not watched that in a long time, probably since the theater. Really? Maybe wow. it's time to revisit. 
I was going to say that movie came out 20 years ago, like last month. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yes. That's wow. wild. So yes, maybe I'll revisit that because it's kind of haven't watched that yet because he's only watched it as a child. What about Home Alone 2? Oh, Home Alone 2 is good. We watched it about three times this year. <laughs> what switch about, it back and forth. Yeah, you got to switch it back and forth. And the second one, obviously, they're lost in New York, so it's great. Are there subsequent installments? Are you like me and you kind of just disregard those? I know they just came out the new one on Disney+. Plus. Nah, don't watch those. We just watch number one and number two. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. You kind of watch them on repeat. Yeah, you, you can never get bored of those movies, and no matter how illogical, even the yeah. second one tends to be, you can never get old and never. Even get tired on the uh, the Jetta cruise, they always there was a movie channel. Oh, really? They only played there was like two channels on this cruise. One of them played movies, and the other one was some sort of news site. Yeah, Home Alone played one time, and Dan Housen missed it. He was very upset. Oh, I would be too. They yes. were playing Home Alone, and that was in October, was it not? Yes, yes, it was in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Are you one of those people that watches Home Alone throughout the year, or just in December, like me? Nope. You can watch it throughout the year. It's just fine. Okay. All right. And as in, we'll watch Home Alone throughout the year and American Werewolf in London. Oh, fantastic. I know you're a big horror movie fan as well. Yes. So we'll watch that throughout the whole year, too. Oh, very nice. What, what would be your favorite movie of all time? Oh, I cannot answer this. It's just too hard. Oh, uh, no. on the spot. <sighs> now we're blanking. What is <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is pretty good. Okay. You got Army of Darkness. Alien, alien, maybe we'll say alien or the thing. Okay, those are classics. Those are classic movies. Uh, we got Halloween, but of course, the original Halloween, too. No, not the sequels. Are you a fan of the remakes or no? No, no. Okay, I figured you're one so of those people I, that didn't like Halloween kills. No, <laughs> not but they did like 2018. Okay. 2018 was good. It had a fantastic score from John Carpenter. Yeah. And he did not really care too much for the Halloween kills. But hopefully the next, you'll watch the next one. Hopefully the next one Dan has the more light. And that one should be great as well. I look forward to that. I mean, this one was good. I enjoyed it, but I, I figured it was kind of a transitional film for what it was. So we'll see when it comes out. I think it's just next year. So uh, we have that to look forward to. You know, we had, obviously there's a lot of stuff on slate for 2022, including the future of Dan Housen. We all look forward to it. Last question for you, Dan Housen. How can people be very nice, very evil? What's your tip for that? What would you say to people if they ask, how can I be very evil like Dan Housen? Do not be too evil. Otherwise, people will not like you. Mm -hmm. Do not be too nice. Otherwise, you come off as a phony. So you must be very nice, very evil, perfect balance. And then people will entrust you and let you in and give you their monies. <laughs> perfect. And power. And power too. You got to get power and monies and, and yes. people can send you their monies by purchasing your merch, uh, signing up for the Patreon, catching you on YouTube as well. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but one final time, where can people find your stuff? Obviously the social medias as well. You're on Twitter. You're, yes. you're a huge hit on social media. Apparently so. Yes. We got Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we got the Patreon slash love that Dan Housen, YouTube slash love that Dan Housen, Cameo slash Dan Housen and pro wrestling key slash Dan Housen. You can also buy the Dan Housen coffee at rootlesscoffee.com. It's quite wonderful. It's in a grocery store. Oh, perfect. Yes. Is it in any particular grocery store or like? Is there Hollywood markets locally in Michigan? Oh, okay. Very nice. 
I'm a Northeast guy, so I might have to fly to Michigan just to find that. I, unless I can get it online somewhere. It's just there. You can get it online on rootlesscoffee.com. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect. So I might have to do that. I mean, it's, it's a little late. On there. Oh, okay, perfect. It might be a little late and close to Christmas, but maybe I can ask for it, you know, as a late Christmas gift. I'm not sure. So They'll I guess we'll see. Be cursed. <laughs> Most certainly cursed. Well, Mr. Dan Housen, this has been a fantastic time. I appreciate you taking the time here today. Uh, this has been awesome, and best of luck to everything you do going forward into 2022. We're all, uh, we're all rooting for you. We all wish you well in your recovery and we look forward to seeing what we're going to do next ah thank you very much yes we shall see just the can has it on television that's the goal <laughs> that's the goal and i have a feeling it's going to be accomplished uh sooner rather than later so we all look forward to a dan Housen. happy holidays merry christmas and i hope to speak to you soon Yes, you too. Thank you. Thanks again to Dan Housen for the time. Had a great time chatting with him. And again, congrats to Dan Housen on becoming all elite Housen this past week in AEW. Check out the article as well over on Bleach Report. Went up about two weeks ago. It kind of goes more in depth with what Dan Housen is all about, who he is, why you should like him, and why he should be your new favorite wrestler if he's not already. Um, on that note, let's transition over to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, talking all things Royal Rumble, AEW, WWE, and so much more. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? And you gotta be pumped for the Royal Rumble on Saturday, right? Can't wait. I was, I didn't know if it was gonna be, I thought it was Saturday night, but I didn't make a, a double check. Maybe I could snow it in, so it might be a great night of a uh, Rumble. Can't wait. I was going to say, so you've been to, what, two Rumbles now, right? 2011, 2018, obviously we haven't been to one since, but I think we're due for a third one. Yeah, I know, seriously. I was watching uh, 2019 last night, the women's one, because I asked Becky, and yeah. Molly's like, I'd go to Royal Rumble. I was like, more like me and GSI were going. Like, <laughs> that's, maybe that's why she got mad at me. I think that's why she got mad at me, because <laughs> that. I'd go with you instead. So maybe for Christmas, maybe we I can surprise you with Rumble tickets, and then I can just get them. Maybe we can just uh, get them Broadway tickets to go see Lion King or something, Alexis and, and Molly. Hey. Hey, hey, give them something to do. That'd be great. But, uh, yeah, I, I plan on that. I look forward to that. It would be my second Rumble, your third. I've only been to that one in 2018, which was great. I actually just, I mean, I tweeted about it, and you saw. Uh, 2011 Rumble, crazy to think that Minnie Marceau was in attendance for that 11 years ago. Oh, it's been a while. I mean, talking to Dennis the other day about it because I saw a tweet, and I mean, we're up touching the rafters basically. <laughs> and then, did you bring some tissues for your nosebleeds? Seriously, we were up there, and then it just literally Ricardo Rodriguez screaming, Alberto Larea, like it's like PTSD in my head. I'll never for- not forget that moment. <laughs> Yeah, I used to love that Rumble. Kind of doesn't really, you know, uh, live up as well over a decade later with the whole 40-man thing. I would never want to see another 40-man one again. I know they did the 51 in Saudi, and that one wasn't... I mean, they were putting Tucker in that thing, and, and Baba Tunde and whoever else, so um, I wouldn't want to see that again. But we do get the Royal Rumble this weekend. Um, a lot of Royal Rumble talk to get to. We'll save the rea- or the reactions, the predictions for the pay-per-view until the very end here. Um, got a lot of stuff to get to before then, but... Again, Mr. Marceau, happens almost every single week. After I put up the show, something usually happens, a report comes out. We spoke a little bit at length last week about Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali, requesting his release from WWE, um, not this past weekend, the weekend before that, and talking about where they kind of went wrong with him and requesting his release. That And I said in the clip, I put up the clip, and then it came out, like, literally, right, I think before I even put up the clip on the channel, that they're actually not going to honor the request, and they have no plans to give him his release. Now, I've talked about this before. I said this years ago when, like, Harper asked for his release and they didn't give it to him. I know... So, the the difference between now and then is that back then, when people asked for their release, they were still hoarding a lot of talent. 
And listen, you, you sign a contract, you're there for X amount of years, you should probably honor it, all this other shit, whatever. The difference is, though, is that they've let go of so much talent, dude, in the last year and a half, two years. Far more val. I love Mustafa Ali. Far more valuable than him, though. People that are higher up in the pecking order, stuff they could actually do stuff with, they let him go. They talk about this budget cut bullshit. They have not used this man. It's not like he's in the midst of an important storyline. They have not used him on TV since November. And that was for that awful, what I thought was going to be awful, that whole, oh, you boo me because of my skin color thing, which is just, I hate when they do that type of shit. Regardless of whether it was his idea or not, I don't like when they do that. It was very uncomfortable. Um, they took him off TV after that, or, you know, he got in a fighting shout, uh, fighting match, apparently a fighting match, a shouting match, rather, with Vince, apparently. And that was it, and that's apparently why they're being petty and not going to let him go. I still think they will let him go. It just may not be this week or next month. It might be in a couple months. But it's weird how it works out that way with people like Andrade. You know, he requested his release. They honored it. Far bigger star than Ali. They let him go. Tony Storm, we still don't know all the details there. That might have been a mental health thing, or, or I don't I have no idea. But she up and quit. We haven't seen or heard from her since. That was over a month ago. She's apparently not coming back. But Ali, for all intents and purposes, is still on the roster. So when you read a report like that from Fightful Select about Ali not having his request honored, um, your thoughts on that compared to, again, a couple of years ago, I would have said, listen, you sign a contract, dude, it is what it is. But at this point, it's just hypocritical to keep a guy like that on the roster if he clearly doesn't want to be there. And not only that, but they also have no plans for him. So to me, it just doesn't really make much sense when they let go of all that other talent in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. I, I've, when I listen to Cornette, he said they usually don't do it just because of... He uh, doesn't want to set a president. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But then at least... ones if... No. Someone else says they want to be released, so you guys supposed to release them too. So, I no, mean, I, I, get, yeah, I don't know. I get it. Like he hasn't been used in a while, but I mean, he signed a contract, got to honor it. So, no, I agree. I, get, with, I, I agree with the set of precedent thing. I think just the the whole thing about it is they've let go of so much talent. It's like, does this one person really make much of a difference? I mean, especially they're not using him at the very least. At least with Harper there for a little while, like he asked for his release, they didn't give it to him. I mean, it wasn't immediately, but months later, they did bring him back for a brief while to put over, I think it was Daniel Bryan or Rowan or whoever, um, and then he got cut. So, I mean, at least put the guy on TV doing something. I mean, even if he's serving as an enhancement talent, I mean, SmackDown could use all the help it can get. Did you notice last week they did three rematches from the week prior? I mean, at this point, that roster could use some star power. Not that Ali is this massive star, um, I mean, currently anyway, but, I mean, they could use some fresh faces on that show, and I think Ali could help out a little bit. Yeah, I agree, but, I mean, I just don't think they're going to release them at this point. If they, if they said no, no shot they do it. You think maybe they let it die down a little bit, like with Harper, and they wait until, um, I don't know, again, give it a couple months until after WrestleMania, spring cleaning. I, I could see them waiting a little while, not yeah, doing it now. Wait for the next budget cuts. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it's like with the, um, who was it, the Lucha House Party. Remember they requested their release back in, like, the fall, reportedly, but they didn't release them until, like, November. I think it's going to be a case like that, so I would keep an eye out for that. It still is unfortunate. They won't just let him go, but I do the whole. I, I do get the whole precedent thing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me when they don't even have a month day. Um, that being said, though, on contract kind of notes here, um, talking about AEW, again, right after we recorded on Thursday, came out on Saturday, Leo Rush already on his way out of the promotion. Uh, not a lot of details kind of surrounding his departure. I know Fightful kind of reported on it. It wasn't said one way or the other whether it was his choice that he's not re, you know, re-signing or if the company just didn't want to keep him around. 
I know it's well documented that Leo had that very public, not even back and forth. He just kind of said for Tony to apologize on Twitter coming out of the whole New Year's Eve, um, you know, debacle a couple of months ago. Um, or not even a month, a couple of months ago, it was a month ago. Um, but then he also put out a statement immediately afterward, like the next day or two saying, Hey, I talked with Tony. Everything's all good. I'm very happy to be working with someone and uh, like this and be able to call him my boss or whatever. And then no more than a month later, he's saying that he's on his way out of the company. His last date is February 14th. I think Valentine's day. And, um, we haven't seen him on TV. I don't think since the winter is coming show. I know he, or maybe not winter is coming the, the week before he was in that battle Royal. That infamous battle royal that Jay Lethal got bumped out of in like 30 seconds by Matt Hardy, and they, and they never went back to that, by the way. Um, Leo Rush got bumped or eliminated as well, and they never kind of resolved the whole Dante Martin thing, which is why uh, Jay Lethal is getting involved in that storyline now. But yeah, Leo Rush on his way out, in addition to potentially several other names. Uh, Peter Avalon had put up a couple of weeks ago saying that um, you know he's accepting indie bookings now. Someone said, are you done with AEW? He didn't answer, but uh, Leva Bates did, saying, no, he stole the company. And that's not what PWI, uh, PW Insider had reported. That They had reported that uh, he is indeed done with the company on a uh, contractual basis. And Marco Stunt, the same may have happened with him, as he also put up a tweet on Wednesday saying that he's accepting indie bookings moving forward. And he put up a lot of potential dates, dates that they would be recording Rampage. And, I mean, I know you could be on an indie show but while also working for AEW, but it would seem like they have all the talent on the shows that are supposed to be there, or at least backstage, if that makes sense. But anyway, so he might be on his way out. Um, your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on Leo Rush already wrapping up with AEW after only being there for a couple of months, uh, what you think the reasoning behind that might be, and uh, the idea or the thought of other talent being on their way out of the company with more contracts expiring soon. The Leo Rush one's the one that surprised me. I mean, he was just with the company. He was just doing something of note. I mean, they had him with Dante Martin. It seemed like they were kind of going in that direction. That once he kind of quit Team Taz, that he was going to go right back with Leo. But then Leo had that. It was around that same time as when Leo had that dust up with Tony. And then since then, we haven't seen him on TV. So um, that one surprised me. I mean, it just didn't make a ton of sense. I mean, it seemed like he was being pushed up the card. Just got brought in a couple months ago, so I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, he had that dust up with Tony. Hasn't been on TV, and then uh, Dante's been with either Jay Lethal or Seidel and Moriarty, and then we get the news that he's he's done. So, I mean, that one's surprising. I mean, at that point, why bring him in? I mean, it was kind of a waste of time. But um, with Avalon, I mean, <laughs> he was just the, one of those guys, like just an enhancement guy that they – they thought the li- I honestly have no idea who thought the librarian thing was going to stick. It was mm-hmm. terrible. And then he was with the wingmen who are also equally terrible. And then Marco Stunt, I just, I don't know. I get it. Like, he's he, he's probably a nice kid. He's friends with a lot of those guys from the West Coast. But national broadcast TV on a wrestling show, no thank you. Yeah, I know he wasn't regularly wrestling on Dynamite, but even with the Jurassic Express stuff, I mean, he, he served his role well for as long as he was there, but assuming he's done on a contractual basis, we've gotten to a point now where they're hiring so many people and people that I think are more valuable than people like Marco Stunt. It, to me, it feels like they just they took Marco Stunt's contract and gave it to someone like Dan Housen. I mean, honestly, that's what it feels like to me. Um, and I think Dan Housen, for being a comedy guy, which we'll get to later on, I think has way more upside than someone like a, a Marco Stunt, especially even, even in the ring, honestly. Um, yeah, I was never the biggest fan of someone like that. But we've gotten to a point where the roster is so big, they had to start cutting bait and start trimming the roster a little bit of people that were there originally. 
and I talked about this before, a lot of those people that they signed initially when the when the free agency list wasn't as, you know, deep as it is now. We're still having a lot more people entering free agency. You know, starting next week or in three weeks, and then carrying cross, Keithley, Hit Row, all of whom will be free starting I think next Wednesday or at least in some point in February. So if you're gonna bring in more people like that, you gotta cut bait at some point. Like for example, with Dan Housen replacing Marco Stunt, I could honestly see dude someone like a Keith Lee replacing the the roster spot that Brian Cage currently has or had or whatever. We haven't seen him on TV in months, and I don't even think he's hurt. He may have been hurt initially. He definitely isn't hurt now. He's working indie dates right now. Um, he's another guy, I think, that could be on his way out of the company by the end of, I would say, maybe the summer or spring. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea what happened with him. He was in the Team Taz stuff. He lost the Ricky Starks, and we honestly haven't seen him since. I know, I'm pretty sure his wife went off on Twitter like complaining about his, about his position, but... I mean, we haven't seen him in a while. He was brought in, highest free agent, whatever. Like that was a big signing for them, and it seemed like he kind of just was a waste. I mean, he really didn't, he had the the fake belt that the not even recognized. He challenged for the championship a few times, lost every time. Um, I, I mean, I think he fit the company well, so I was kind of surprised that they really kind of teetered away from him. But I mean, the whole team task stuff is just another topic for another day. I mean, they kind of done nothing with all those guys so he i'm not shocked they didn't do much with him either but i mean keith lee would be fine just i mean it's like putting a square peg in a circle hole i mean you hire another guy is he gonna be getting hugged and thrown off the stage like adam cole i mean well i guess we'll see but i don't know i think people are starting to realize that the grass isn't always green on the other side I mean, you could you could certainly point to a few people who have not certainly thrived in the last year. I mean, someone like an Andrade, for example, who I think should be higher up in the pecking order than he currently is than with the HFO and stuff like that. Hey, HFO, watch your mouth, please. Yeah, HFO. I thought it was the he, RJ HFO. He's the he, oh, he's the minority. He's the major owner of the Hardy family office. Come ah, on. right, right, right. Got to got to properly state his title there. He um, owns fifty one percent. I mean, listen, it's taken off. They were on dark this week together. It's so bad. It's awful. Um, yeah, I don't know. They just got to use the guy. But uh, as far as like people they could, you know, certainly depart with or, you know, kind of uh, uh, let go of. Not let go of, but like they're not renewing their contracts. Essentially, they are getting released. People are like, oh, it's not the same thing. It is yeah. the same. It, it, it's not the same thing in the sense where, you know, they're... So they're not like outwardly just releasing people. So say you signed with this company for three years. WWE may let you go after six months or a year or two years. They're not going to honor that full deal. Tony Khan, to his credit, I would hope like most people, unless there's reason to do so, is not firing people for no reason. Um, he's going to let those, he's going to honor those contracts, even if he's not doing anything with these people. Marco Stunt has not been on the show for months, so it's not even like he's there. Or like Leo Rush, maybe that's his own decision, I don't know, but it's not like they've used him lately, which I think is weird. I mean, he's very talented. Um, but at the end of the day, though, dude, doesn't it still count as a... They're, they're not they're not renewing the contract. They're basically saying, we don't want you in this company anymore. You're not worth... You're not really worth us paying you on a regular basis. That's not a firing, so to speak, but what would the right term for that be? It's just not getting your contract renewed. It's, realistically, it's that's what it is. It's just... You're not getting your contract renewed. I mean, it's not a firing because you're not technically getting fired. Yeah, but uh, you, don't, you don't work for that company anymore. Like, I didn't. I didn't get fired. I quit instead. It's like I don't know. Like they just clearly didn't see value in them anymore, so they got rid of them. I mean, it's just their contract's not. It's yeah. I, there's there's no really way to like polish it. I guess it just your contract's not renewed. They don't want you anymore. So 
that's what happens. There's no real term for it, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess not. But it's it's one of those cases where technically they used to work there and they don't now. So in a way, it is a release. It, they're releasing them not from their contract, which I guess is what the term release means. But I don't know. I guess there really isn't a proper term for it where they're just they didn't come to terms on a new deal and they just let the person go. So I don't know. Terms on a new deal if it wasn't offered. No, 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 I know that. I'm just trying to come up with the right way to put it. Though. No, no, I'm just busting your balls. No, no, but you're right, though. You're right. I, I, I hesitated to even say that because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, it's like he's not an AEW superstar. He was before, but he isn't now. So it's not like he departed either because some of these people, I'm sure Marco Stunt would love to work for AEW. I mean, where else is I mean, I'm sure Impact's not picking him up or WWE, God forbid. So th- that's what I'm saying. It's not like he left on his own terms. That, that to me, when I hear departure or, like, Obviously, these people didn't quit. So that that's the weird thing. I don't really know how to classify it. Um, it's tough. What'd you say? It's tough to classify because, yeah. like I said, it's people are just saying, that, "Well, that he just didn't get renewed." Well, yeah, because they don't want him anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's like a gentleman's firing, basically. It's like, oh, we're going to agree at the at the end of your deal, we're going to agree that you're no longer going to be employed and we're not going to renew you. Yeah, and then there's people whose contracts do expire, but then they pick them right back up because they want to keep them around. So, I mean, obviously, it's not a good look, but I I don't know. It's just. People will sugarcoat it and say, well, no, it's okay. Like, this makes sense. Like, yeah, but they're also not... Like, I'm not saying they should be keeping these people, but for everyone up in arms about WWE, I don't know. I know they release people and they shouldn't be doing that, but it's a weird thing. Like, we don't hear... Like, again, I talked to you about this before we got started here, but there's been no clarification of Marco Stunt's status with the company. For a guy that's been there since day one, you would think we would find out what the hell's going on there as far as is he with the company? Is he not with the company? Is it a pay-per-appearance type deal? Like what Impact used to do back in the day or maybe still does. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. just a weird thing. It's um, tough. It's definitely tough. I just feel like people, when people, WWE was having all those people, like when their roster was like overly bloated, when they have all those people and people like, they should just let them go. Like they're like, they haven't used them. Then they start letting people go and the people complain. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, people always complain about something. It's just like people say that Roman Reigns is stale and all the people that complain about everything. I mean, where are the people complaining about Adam Page not being on TV? Like, where are all those people that were begging for him to win the I championship? Agree. Not I even agree. on TV anymore. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's a weird thing. I can't think of anyone in WWE whose contract expired. I mean, obviously, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, their deals expired. They opted not to renew. Can you think of anyone in recent memory whose contract expired and it was a case of the company saying, we're not going to resign you? Like, I feel like that never happens. It's a case where the talent may not want to resign or that like Goldberg, for example, has got one more match left on his deal and that might be it for him. They're not saying, oh, we don't want Goldberg anymore. I'm sure they would love to have him on the payroll because they have like an infinite amount of money where they can sign anyone they want. I feel like we never really hear about, and that's a WWE issue, where they sign someone for six months to a year. The talent would love to stick around, but WWE says, eh, I think we're good. I think like Alexander Wolf, for example, his deal was coming up, but they fired him anyway. So, I mean, like, why not just wait a week until his contract expires? Why do you have to go ahead and release him? That just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think you of know? anyone. I can't think of it. Like, in the last even like, 10 years, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like, because I feel like if they wanted you, they would have just resigned them. And if they don't want them, they just fire them. I don't know. No, but they'll, they'll, they'll fire them before they even reach the end of the deal. That's the weird thing. Like, they go through the whole trouble of having the whole 90-day non-compete. Just wait, Some of these people's deals just aren't up. Like, for example, Matt Hardy, when he left a couple of years ago, they were trying to resign him, but he didn't want to stay, which is why he left. Like... It's not like they were saying, eh, we don't really need Matt Hardy in the rock. I mean, he probably would have gotten fired by now had he stayed. I mean, almost definitely, but... What about Jericho? Jericho would be something similar, I'm assuming. 
with Matt. Yeah, no, it's the same thing where they would want they wanted him on the roster, but he said, "No, I'm good. I'm not going to resign." But it's they, I can't think of a single instance, even recently in the last ten years, I'm talking about fifteen years, where it's like this person's deal was up, and they just opted not to renew. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it happens with their employees more than it does the the talent themselves. But it's just weird that I mean WWE has such a weird warped way of like firing people like well before their contracts are up or even right before their deals are up, they'll let them go. I don't know if that's a whole 90-day non-compete thing, and they'd rather I think not... It, I think it's a 90-day non-compete, because like, to them, they don't want someone's deal to expire, and then them immediately going on TV. Yeah, like, I, was, I was literally just about to say, I think that might be the case, where they don't want them... I don't know, but it's not even... Yeah, I mean, I could see that with Cole and O'Reilly, but I'm thinking someone like, uh, again, like an Ali. I mean, obviously he... Fought, he, he's still there. But they have people that sit on the sidelines, their contracts are up, and then they'll offer them a new deal. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, Mojo Raleigh and Jinder Mahal. I mean, Jinder, I guess, is, is good in certain ways as far as... Jinder was champion. I mean, he was champion, but again, there's certain people that their deals are expiring, and they're not even doing anything. Like, for example, Rhino. Perfect example. A couple of years ago. Wasn't on TV for a good six months. They had nothing for the guy. But they still offered him another deal to stay. And it wasn't like a backstage thing, I don't think. I think it was a talent contract. I'm like, what, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like, why are you offering him a new deal to, to, for a lot of money for no reason you, if you clearly aren't even using him on the show? Like, Colin O'Reilly, I get. But, like, people like that, I just, I don't understand that. We, I feel like we never... I mean, I guess, I mean, it, it, like wrestling wise, you're like, why would they reason? Maybe he's like a guy, like a veteran in the back, in the in the in the back. Maybe he can give people advice. Maybe, I don't know. yeah, maybe I don't know. I just they they have such a weird warped way of, of looking. And I'm talking about WWE here. We were talking about AEW originally, uh, and we'll go along here into our beach bake review. Uh, breach beach break, rather. That's a tongue twister for me. Jeez, um, <laughs> eventful episode on Wednesday night. We had a TNT title unification ladder match. Cody Rhodes. And uh, Sammy Guevara, the big third blow-off match in this feud. Uh, pointless feud, but I really enjoyed the match. We'll get into that. We had a lights-out main event, and we had a setup for next week with CM Punk and MJF. So we don't have to do a full-on review here because, I mean, it, it was eventful, but it wasn't like the greatest episode I've seen. I thought it was an entertaining two hours and one of the better additions I've seen lately, but not a strong, stellar show overall by any means. But let's get into the major talking points here. Cody Rhodes, Sammy Guevara, ladder match, TNT title. Um, we talked a bit about this before we went live here, Mr. Marceau. I love the match far from perfect. I, th- I think it was one of the better matches I've seen in AEW in a long time. Um, I did not like the Swanton spot. I thought that looked goofy because it looked like it hurt Sammy more than Cody. We talked about that. And the whole Fuego thing I thought was stupid. The rest of it I really enjoyed. I the cutter spot was great. I know you had disagreed. want to get your thoughts on this match and uh, whether you were... I know there were certain nitpicking things, but I thought overall, did you like it? Did you not like it? Give me your two cents. No, I think I think I summed it up well when I texted you last night. I thought it was a decent. I'd probably say decent to good. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd probably put good in there. Decent to good match with a couple spots that really like got people talking. Um, I mean, the cutter spot was. I mean, the cutter spot was cool. But like I said to me, like I wouldn't remember that next week. It looked cool. I mean, hell, it was a great spot. But I just feel like it was like the most of the match I'm thinking of like. And they show like the like the replay. It's like literally all the big spots is what they're talking about. Like that, the Swanton. I mean, it just. I think even if the ladder broke, it's just still a dumb spot. But I mean, it did look real. Like I thought he broke. I thought he like maybe broke his back. It just looked very goofy. Like because it hit his body, but like his momentum then like literally flipped him so quickly. It looked like he like folded himself in half. It was kind of bizarre looking. Um, the Fuego del Sol stuff literally made no sense, and it just was. 
it had no purpose. It literally had no purpose. Like he didn't. It's not like it helped Sammy at all because it didn't. It mm-hmm. just was I mean, just a weird, dumb thing to have him in there. And then Sammy won. I mean, I'm fine with it, but I just really don't know why Cody won the belt back just to drop it to him again. And I just I don't know. I don't see Sammy as like they always say there's the TNT title or the TBS championship. Like they're not secondary belts, but like. I don't think Sammy Guevara feels like a major champion at all. No. And no. I just, him beating Cody for, it's not like Cody's coming off like this red hot feud and people love him or really, really like hate him. Cause he's been like this dastardly heel. Like he's been so directionless in the last year and a half, basically since the pandemic that, I mean, is it was it supposed to be a big rub because he beat Cody. I, I, I guess, but I just, I didn't really like, it was a good match, but putting the ball in Guevara just, was kind of puzzling just since Cody just won it back to just then give it back to him. It just didn't really make much sense. No, the whole feud was definitely pointless. I mean, Cody Rhodes in the process became a three-time TNT champion, and then Sammy became a two-time champion. So they basically just padded their records for really no real reason at all. Um, again, they work well together. They have quality matches. I really enjoyed this match, but uh, in the long run, was anything really accomplished? No, I mean, Cody's still talking online. He did this whole post-match interview uh, at Dynamite last night talking about how he's a, you know, he confirmed the Sean Ross um, report. Those were his Ross, Those were his words exactly. He said, oh, I know Sean Ross was talking about me being a free agent. It's true. It's all true. So he had confirmed it on the show, not on, the, on you know, on air, but, you know, in a video for the company. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really think that amounts to anything. I don't know if there's a storyline there. It's really hard to care about anything Cody's involved in. I'm just talking about from an in-ring standpoint, I enjoy this. But going forward, I mean, I think Sammy was a better choice to win than than Cody. But, like, again, what do you do from here? I mean, does Scorpio go on a feud with Ethan or uh, with um, Sammy, I guess, maybe? Does he win? Probably not, although he probably should. Uh, what does Cody do from here? Like, it's a weird thing. I feel like it's a, one of those things where it's like, it's great in the moment, but come next week... Is this feud or really going to leave us looking forward to what's next as far as either guy goes? I don't think so. That, I think that's my problem with it. Yeah, I just feel like, I guess we're going to get Scorpio on Sammy next. I mean, we got to get the Dan Lambert cameo on there. So, oh, God. I guess that's where we're going next. Not like, I mean, why would anyone care about Scorpio? I haven't seen him wrestle on TV in three months. So He's been undefeated for 300 days, he told me. <sighs> sure. Does I it mean, matter if he, one, he doesn't even wrestle, and two, all of those wins come on dark? Does that even matter at that point? To me, it doesn't, because if I haven't seen them, if I only watch Dynamite, like, half these people, I, I'd be like, they tell them, oh, this person's ranked fifth, but, like, even if you watch Rampage, it's not like all these people on Rampage either, so, I don't know, I guess we're, I guess we're against Scorpio and, and, and Sammy next, just so we can get Dan Lambert on the show again. Yeah, the guy's got to make his weekly appearance on the show, I'm just beyond over that at this point. Um, we are getting CM Punk and MJF next week, you think it's more of a match or an angle, or what's the deal here? It's going to be in Chicago. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be some kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be an angle. I, I feel like it'd be kind of silly to give away on free TV, but I mean, I, I, I feel like this was going to be the match at, at revolution, but I don't know. I, maybe they do like some kind of injury angle and they attack him or he can't go or something. I mean, they did beat the crap out of him last night, so I guess that could work. Um, but I don't know. It just seems kind of weird that they're going to do the match next week, but who knows? Yeah, I think it's going to be more of an angle. I mean, I, I can understand not being able to stretch it out for another five weeks because they've already been feuding for almost two or three months at this point. Um, they're kind of running out of material. I liked what they did last night, but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see what they have in store for next week. If they do the match and MJF wins, I mean, I think it only works if MJF wins. If, if Punk wins, you could do a rematch of Revolution, but it's like, why at that point? I don't know. It's weird. So we'll see what they got in store. And then one last note here was the uh, Lights Out main event from that show. Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. Um, Orange Cassidy, as we expected, winning the match. Does not count against Cole's record. I really, it doesn't. I mean, I guess that makes it better, but it's not ideal. I mean, if this guy's going to be challenging for the world championship, he is ranked number one. Um, he is still ranked number one. Why would he be, I mean, I, I, I guess why he, I know why he'd be challenging for the championship, but he also just got pinned by Adam or Orange Cassidy following a dumb hugging spot in a lights out match. It just, I wasn't a fan of the match. I love the Dan Housen thing. I loved his cameo. I'm a big fan of his and, uh, a lot of other people are, and they officially signed him. I think that's great. I think if, if he's used in small doses in certain roles and he's not on the show as like a top star or whatever, I think he's going to be totally fine. Um, the rest of the match, I really didn't care for, and I hated the finish. And I think you agree as well. <laughs> so before this match, I literally said, I can't wait for Adam Cole to lose. And Graham said, I guarantee, this was a guarantee, people, that the Young Bucks are going to cost no win. <laughs> That, honestly, I would have taken. It's like, okay, like, for the tension, Cole doesn't lose clean, makes sense, whatever. If he's going to lose, which he shouldn't have lost anyways. Yeah. The whole, like, oh, it's a lights out match doesn't count. Like, I, people just don't forget. People, like, no, it's just dumb. And <laughs> the, the whole ending was terrible. Cole just had no idea where he was. He turns around, gets hugged, and tossed off the stage. Pinned one, two, three. Awful. Yeah, another thing, too, people were bringing up. Oh, Britt Baker lost. She turned out okay. Yeah, because she didn't lose to Orange fucking Cassidy, who... I mean, I know, listen, I have a shirt of his. I like Orange Cassidy. The guy's very popular. He should not be beating someone that has been protected since he showed up in the company. I know Cole's doing a bit more haha lately, which I'm not a fan of, but he really... I don't care if it counts against him or not. He should not be losing to Orange Cassidy. Because here's my question for you, dude. Adam Cole goes on to very likely challenge Paige because they're doing Paige and Archer for the in a death match for the team for why a death match I don't know Texas death match baby can't wait why I have no idea but I'm looking forward to it it should be a good match but we get death matches almost every week from this company no disqualification street fight lights out whatever they're doing that in two weeks not a revolution good very likely they're doing uh, Cole and and um, Adam Page at Revolution. Where does Orange Cassidy go from here? What does this even matter if they don't have anything lined up for him? What, wh- who do you even pair him off with after this? He just beat one of the top stars in the whole company. If he doesn't feud with, which I don't want to see, but if, unless he feuds with the top heel coming out of this, this win, like the Jericho wins last or two years ago at this point, the exact same thing, dude. Beat Jericho twice. What did they do with him after that? Nothing. He didn't do anything. So what was the point? I honestly don't know. You I mean, know? He did get a world championship match last year at Double or Nothing, but... He did, but, but, yeah, not right at... The the, the booking with Cassidy is just so inconsistent, I think, is my issue. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's a joke, but... I don't know, I just feel like... I don't know how you have him lose. Like you said, I don't know how you have him lose. I know people say it it doesn't count against his record, but it still happened. It's not like this was on, like, an Outlaw show and no one saw it. Like, it was on fucking TV. We all saw it with our eyes, and he lost to fucking Orange Cassidy. Cleans the sheet, one, two, three. Like... yeah. But now we're supposed to take him seriously when he faces Adam Page, who is never on TV, by the way. Uh, we talked about this last week. We won't go into it here, but he is an absolute afterthought right now. The guy got all of 60 seconds of TV time last night, whereas all these other people are getting 30 minutes. I don't know. And I just, like, I understand, like, you were saying, 
like a week or two ago, like it feels like Big E, but at least Big E was like on TV. Like at least he was on the show every week and like, like maybe not the most serious thing, but like he was on the show for at least 20 minutes at least. This guy was on a fucking 30 second pre-tape last night. <laughs> it's the same principle and that Adam Page doesn't feel like the face of the show, but I will agree Big E did get more TV time. It was involved in more important. I mean, listen, the Brian feud was great, but they haven't really, they're, they're at least kicking off the Archer program. But it's not like Page is on Rampage or he's a lot on Dynamite. He'll be there for like five minutes or do a quick run and He is not the guy on the show. I mean, Punk gets way more TV time. MJF does. To a worse extent, people like Jericho and I guess Cody's the TNT or was the TNT champion. But why is Jericho like the focal point of the program at this point? Why Why is that happening? I mean, I like Jericho, but it's like... The we inner more circle stuff. Dan Lambert than we do a hangman. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, no. The thing is, they can get away with it because no one says anything. Yeah. If, people, if this was WWE and he was a champion, people would be complaining about, "Oh my God, he's so underappreciated. He's an underbooked." They don't even bring it up that he's never on the show. We get fucking Jericho and Dan Lambert and Cody and I love MJF and Punk, but like they even get more time than him. Even Darby and Sting, like all these other people get way more TV time than the champion, and it looks stupid. And my question still stands from, you know, last night when I texted you in, in last week and whatever. When was the last time this guy closed the show? It either was in Boston at the the, the Ghostbusters thing that we saw in uh, at the end of October, or I think it was the contract signing before full gear with Kenny when he got bloodied up and Don Callis came back and attacked him. That was two and a half months ago, dude. I, mean, I don't think he's closed up the show since then. They had a, again, he had a great pair of matches with... Uh, Brian Danielson on Dynamite, but they both opened the show, and none of the Archer stuff, because Archer's not, unfortunately not important enough to close the show at this point, that's all been in the middle of the show. I mean, if Honestly, you, if you, you skip search through the show, you would have missed that vignette last night. Exactly. The only thing I can think of, he was like probably on the end of a show when Brian was like killing the Dark Water people, because I think at one of the, I think like, maybe, John, I think he faced John Silver at the end of a Dynamite. Yes. He was yes. able to do the boot party and came and came running out, but nothing actually happened. Like he just came out. Yeah, and I think that might have been the only time we have seen him at the end of the show in the last two and a half months. And the guy's the current world champion. And I, I'm not going to say he's had a bad reign by any means yet, but it's just they're not. It's not. A, it's not a him thing. It's a company thing, and that they have so much fucking talent. But you can still find time for your world champion. I mean, listen, I didn't love the elite stuff when Kenny was champion for as long as he was. They really overexposed that. But at least he was on the TV more. He was on the show more consistently than fucking Hangman. I mean, and now they have no excuse, too, because they, sh- they have two shows, dude. They have two shows in three hours of TV, which I guess isn't enough with the amount of roster people they have. But, I mean, at least Kenny has showed up on Rampage once in a while. I mean, Hangman has not been on Rampage at all. I don't know. It's just weird. They, they, I think another issue is, like you said, people got to apply that same energy that we kind of apply to WWE in the way they do certain things. They got to say the same thing about AEW, because otherwise nothing's going to change. And uh, that's why we're in the position that we're in. Uh, but we'll kind of transition from there as we close out here with the Royal Rumble predictions going forward into Saturday night. Very much looking forward to the show. Always one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Hopefully this year's no exception. Uh, we'll get to the undercard matches first. We've got four undercard matches. And I say undercard. Two of them are, three of them are championship matches. Two of them being uh, for the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship. Then the two Rumbles. Becky Lynch, Dewdrop, Raw, Raw Women's Championship. I'll talk about the rumor and who Lynch could be facing in WrestleMania a little bit later on. I won't spoil that here. Um, spoiler alert for when we talk about that a little bit later on. But Becky's got to win here, right, dude? I mean, this is going to be an easy win for her. I like the idea of the match. It should be a good match. Dewdrop is impressed in this role. I hate the name, but her as a heel, she's been clicking. I like it, and I like the match. But either way, you know, regardless of my thoughts on that, Becky's got to win here. 
Yeah, Becky's going to win here. I think they've done well, though. Like you said, I thought the segment on Monday was good with her and Dewdrop, like the sit-down. Um, they've made her a little bit more credible being a heel. It's a perfect Royal Rumble match like for Becky to get a win and move on. Um, but Becky's got to win here. Yeah, no, Becky's definitely got to win here. Edge and Beth Phoenix, same thing. I feel like this is a, a must-win situation for them. I do not want to see the extension of this feud. Edge already beat Miz. There's no reason to continue that. It's going to be Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Phoenix. Again, the build's been well done. Simple, solid stuff. Nothing really too great, but it's been fine. Um, Edge and Beth got to win on Saturday, so Edge can move on to bigger and better things going into WrestleMania, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I kind of fear that Miz and Maurice are winks. They're going to draw it out even longer, but I hope Beth and, and Edge win here. Yeah, no, they got they got to end this here so uh, Edge can move on. And I don't even know what else you would do. Edge and Miz again. Like, again, he already beat him, so I'm good on that. Uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. I think there is a decent chance Rollins could win. I think Reigns will win. He's my ultimate pick here. But I wouldn't underestimate Rollins. I mean, there is a chance he could win, bring that championship to Raw, and then, you know, Roman wins the WWE title from Brock. Or I, I don't know. They could figure that out. Or Rollins goes to SmackDown because they need the star power or whatever. Again, wouldn't do that, um, but I still think there's a chance Rollins could win. That being said, Roman's been champion for so long. I mean, it would be typical WWE to have Roman break the record and then take the belt off of him right afterward. I mean, they, they've done that before. Um, but I would definitely keep the belt on Roman, at least through WrestleMania, and I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I'd have Roman win here. The only person that should beat him at this point is Brock. If he loses the Rollins, then I, would, like, I feel like his mystique would go away. And I mean... Not that I would ruin him versus Lesnar, but I feel like it wouldn't mean as much if he just lost to Rollins. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I want Roman to beat Brock when they eventually face off, even though he already did. I know he probably won't, but I don't think that match means as much if it's for a championship that Brock has held since January 1st. Whereas if Brock is challenging Roman, that's a title that's been, that Roman has held since August of 2020. I feel like the stakes are a lot higher if it's for that championship as opposed to Brock's WWE title. Completely agree. On that same note, WWE Championship Dream Match finally come to fruition here, finally becoming a reality. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Now, this one's interesting. I just, I can't, I, I just, my pick is Bobby, if only because I think Brock's going to win the Rumble. But, like, if that wasn't the case, I would say Brock's going to win. So, it's a weird thing where I can't visualize Bobby beating Brock, but I feel like it has to happen in order to set up Brock's Rumble win, which I don't want to see. I just feel like it's almost guaranteed to happen um i i don't think brock wins and then brock wins the rumble that would be ridiculous i think they, if they wanted to do a title unification match they could do that without pulling that shit i mean i guess you would kind of have to do that shit because you can't have someone win the rumble and then knock over the championship if it's a title unification match but anyway um i, I think bobby's got to win here and i think you could do it in a way where i mean listen i would love for him to beat brock clean i don't think that's going to happen i think brock will lose maybe after paul Heyman accidentally cost him the win or the usos get involved or whatever. But either way, I think Bobby should walk out here. Especially, the, the biggest thing is they've had Brock completely downplay Bobby up to this point. Like, saying Bobby who? If Bobby goes in there and loses, typical WWE, it's like it completely buries this guy. You can't do that. Which, I'm not saying they won't. Good chance they could. I don't think they will, though. I think Bobby walks out some way, somehow, the new WWE champion. What do you think? I mean... <laughs> I just feel like besides Brock, I don't, I couldn't think of anyone that could actually win the Rumble. So I now, I don't know. I don't want Brock to win though. So, um, uh, fuck. I, I guess I'll go with Bobby too. I mean, I don't want Brock to win the Rumble. I feel like he doesn't need it, but I guess 
I mean, I think it'd be even dumber if he won and then won the Rumble. That'd be just so stupid. <laughs> so, if he's going to lose, at least Bobby won the belt. But uh, I just feel like there's no like clear-cut winner but him. Like I feel like he's the only person that like at, like makes any sense. So I feel like he has to win the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I could totally see. My prediction is that they open the show with Brock and Bobby. I really want it to be a competitive match. I don't think it will be, unfortunately. I'm kind of getting my hopes down for it because this is WWE and they just... I really don't want to set my expectations too high knowing how they typically function or structure Brock matches, but I think it opens the show, Bobby wins somehow, and then Brock comes back out of the end and wins the Men's Rumble. We'll get to the Men's Rumble at the end here. Yeah, but um, then the thing is, if you're saying like the Usos could possibly screw him, but then why wouldn't Brock screw Roman later on? Um... Yeah. Or, or like, realistically, if say that Roman, or like, if they, if he loses and Roman's so scared of him, then why wouldn't he just try to avoid him, like, eliminate him from the Rumble? I don't know. I like, honestly, I'd rather that happen. Like, if they screw him, he goes in the Rumble, and then still Roman somehow gets in- involved, screws Brock from winning the Rumble, and then we have someone else win. And then, so then we have Brock and Roman, because he screwed him out of the championship and screwed him out of the Rumble. <laughs> And then we get someone else and they can face Bobby. It's not happening. That's yes, definitely they're not gonna screw Brock twice. At, at yes. that point at that point, don't even put him in the rumble. Ugh, I don't want him to win. That's <laughs> awful. Let's talk about it right now. Brock wins LOL. I mean, literally, look at the other options here. Who are our other choices? Biggie? I don't see that happening. My thing is is that I said on hashtag, we've discussed this before. Whoever wins the rumble has got a main event mania, and I don't think that's Big E. I think it could be. I don't think it will be. Drew makes the most sense out of anyone aside from Brock. He's currently hurt. Could he be back? Yeah. Um, could they do Brock, Roman, and McIntyre? Yeah, but we already got a triple threat with Roman last year. We've got a lot of triple threats. I, I don't really want to see that. I think Drew's probably... <laughs> I think Drew's going to face Baron Corbin at WrestleMania anyway, which is just awful, but I, I'm expecting that to be the case. And then we said this the other day. You texted me, and I agree. People really saying AJ Styles? I don't see it, dude. I don't. Could AJ face the WWE champion at Mania? Yeah. Could it be AJ and Bobby? Sure. I don't think AJ's main eventing WrestleMania, although he should. I don't think he will. So, I, I don't think, I don't even think they position AJ as a top guy anymore. He's just kind of a mid-card dude at this point, in their eyes. I mean, he's still a star, but he's just not on the level of the other people I just mentioned, as far as the booking goes. So, again, back to what I said originally, my original point. Brock wins, LOL. <sighs> I don't want it, but I... I... <laughs> happen honestly i i think it's because like you said the problem is there's like really no one else not even like like aj but like i just feel like he's not positioned to win the rumble like this doesn't make sense drew he's hurt and maybe he'll be back but like i said he's doing the happy corbin shit right now i don't really want to see a triple threat i mean i don't know like i'd honestly rather break or enter and and win than have (laughs) obviously yeah and you can laugh all you want but i mean I just, I honestly, if that's what I was, I'd rather him win than, than Brock. No, I agree. Listen, I would rather see that. thing is, like, he doesn't need to win. Like, their match is, like, the thing is, Brock was supposed to face Roman. Roman got COVID. So, it's like, the match is already made at that point. Like, I just don't understand why Brock needs to win, because it's not going to, like... <laughs> I'd rather literally him not win and have Braun win and face fucking Bobby. And then you still do Roman and Lesnar, and then you have Braun and... Bobby. I the uh, only the only thing I don't like. Gonna it. It's gonna be Brock. We know it's gonna be Brock, but it's worth <laughs> fucking 
wishing, okay? <laughs> Here's the thing, though. What I don't like about that is that whoever wins the Rumble except for Brock is not main eventing Mania, so I feel like it devalues the men's Rumble. If the women are going to main event Mania on night one, which they sh- I think it should be a women's main event and then a men's main exactly what they did last year. I think that's what they got to do, and they're also advertising it as that. Not to say they can't go against it, but I just feel like whoever wins the men's Rumble has got to main event one of the nights, and I don't think it's going to be... Let me check my notes. Braun Breaker. I, I would listen. I would love that. I would love it. Or AJ or fucking anyone else. But I just think Brock is winning because they want him to main event Mania with Roman, and that's how they see them setting up the match. I played the fifth. <laughs> I'm just getting my anger out of the way now and my frustration. No, I don't. I just you know? like, like, no. The thing is, the worst part of what's gonna happen, which is even worse, is he's gonna beat Bobby clean as a sheet and the Rumble and win, and then he's gonna face Roman. No, that is where I would get extra upset because that is absolutely ridiculous. That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. He's gonna beat Bobby clean as a sheet and the Rumble at thirty and win, and we're all gonna be like, "What the fuck?" That you know what though? I don't count them. I do not. I I would not put it past them at all. I would not put it past them. And could that be the end of the show? Who knows? Because in the Women's Rumble, we got a rumored return. Let's talk about this. Uh, I, what I like about the Women's Rumble, a lot of potential winners here, dude, unlike the men, I think. There's a lot of women that make sense to win. Not only people I think could win or want to win, Bianca's still my odds on pick. I know we're getting rumors right now of none other than Ronda Rousey coming back. Very good chance she wins on Sunday and comes back. Very good chance. Unfinished business with, with Becky. This company doesn't care about long-term storytelling. I could see a situation where they were planning on Becky and Bianca, okay? They were planning on that, and then what happened was they're like, oh, fuck, we, get, we, we think we can get Ronda back? Sorry, Bianca, we're giving your spot to her. I don't think they do a triple threat. I don't think they should do a triple threat. We already got Becky and Ronda in a triple threat three years ago. Again, enough with the triple threats. Um, I think it just makes more sense to have it be Ronda and Becky straight up or Bianca and Becky straight up. I think the fuck over Bianca would be stupid. At this point, just... just I'm fine with her being a repeat winner because it makes sense for her character. She's still over. It makes sense. I don't know. I want just... Be, I, I, I like Ronda Rousey. I think I'm in the minority there, but... I just, I think it completely fucks over Bianca if she doesn't win. I don't think Bianca's going to smack down to face Charlotte. I think if Rhea won, she could win and go to WrestleMania to face Charlotte. I think that's possible. But again, I think whoever wins the Rumble for the men, or for the women is going to face Becky in the main event. And again, if Rhea wins and faces Charlotte, I don't think that's main event thing. So that's that. Alexa Bliss, no thanks. The current character is awful. I don't even know if she'll be in it. I like Alexa. I just, that's a hard no for me. Charlotte, hard no. Uh, Bailey coming back and winning. I've seen some people say that. I don't even know Bailey's going to be back, but if she is, Bailey could be in it and not win. I don't think Ronda's going to be in it and not win. I think Bailey could be in it and not win. I don't really want to see Bailey win. We've already seen her and Charlotte and her and Becky a million times, I feel like. Not her and Becky so much, but still, um, I don't think that's going to happen. So it really, to me, comes down to Bianca or Ronda, and I'm going to stick with my guns and say Bianca, but I'm curious what your thoughts on the whole Ronda Rousey situation are. Yeah, I mean, I did see that Ronnie Ronnie's rumor to come back, but uh, I hate back-to-back winner. I do not want Bianca to win again. Right when you said it, I'm like, didn't she just win last yeah, year? Yeah, but it hasn't been done in 25 years at this point, and I think with her, it's a, not like a Roman Reigns thing where I'm fucking sick of Roman. I'm not sick. I mean, I, I was sick of Roman when he could have won a couple of years ago. I'm not sick of, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sick of Bianca, and I think it just makes sense. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love that idea. I mean, storyline-wise, it makes sense because I feel like all the cards kind of point to her and Becky again, but I don't know. And I don't want a triple threat. I mean, as they screwed up the last time. I should have just been Becky versus Ronda the first time, but they had to throw Charlotte in there because God forbid. So, um, I don't know. I think it's between Bianca or, R- or Rhea. 
Um, I'm going to go with Rhea because I don't want Bianca to win again. I wouldn't, like, totally hate it, but I don't know. I don't love when people, like, re-win stuff, like, again. Like, she's a top – like, she doesn't really need because I feel like the story's there. Like, if she doesn't win it, I feel like all roads – unless Ronda comes back, all roads lead to her and Becky anyways, it seems like. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go with Rhea. I mean, I don't want Ron. I mean, if Ron is in it, she's going to win, obviously. Yeah. But not, I'm going to say Rhea. <laughs> Are we going to have a rumble where both Brock and Ronda win like it's the UFC in 2012 or something, 20, 2010? I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I can only imagine the internet outrage. People just do not like Ronda, and I get it, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I don't know if that would make for for great social media buzz the next day. Brock to me, I'm already I'm already assuming that. But I think Bianca, if she loses, I don't know what you do with her. What does she go for the tag titles or something? I mean, I don't really want to see that at all. So maybe uh, she. The only, thing with, the only thing with Ronda, I feel like I don't know. I just just yeah, wait, like, just wait. Big, that's what I would say. Well, not even just wait. I just like she is a big deal, but like her star power and notoriety has gone so much like. From where she once was to like when she came to like she's like honestly like she's dropped a lot so like yeah you know, she's a deal to a point but like yeah but she's she's a big star maybe not in the grand scheme of things anymore but definitely for WWE she's a name you know for the for, for as far as like she's as big of a name as Goldberg is for this company Ugh. and they need stars and that's why I mean I want her back I just don't know where she fits into WrestleMania without fucking other over other people yeah I don't know I. I... Kids got me like on Bianca again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say Rhea though. I'm going with Rhea. Sticking with the guns with Rhea, okay. So it's gonna be Rhea. She's gonna face Charlotte. So I'm saying Bianca. You're saying Rhea. Does that I mean? No, no, no. Can I take it back? Can I take it back? Yes, you can take it back. I'm gonna say Bianca because Rhea's gonna eliminate Charlotte. Ah. Boom! Fuck yeah! Let's so, go. <laughs> you're saying we're getting. So this is what I want to see. You, you're thinking that we're gonna get Rhea and Charlotte at Mania for the SmackDown title. And then yes. Becky and Ronda, or Becky and Rhea for the, I'm sorry, Becky and... Becky and Bianca. Yes, Becky and Bianca for the Raw title. Yep. So that means we're actually going to get Ronda winning on Sunday, and she's going to face Becky and Mania instead. But the show's on Saturday. I'm sorry, on Saturday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, and I can't wait to talk about it all with you next week, Mr. Marceau. Right here on Wrestle Rant Radio, new episodes every Ronda's week. Ronda's going to win, and Bianca's going to be on the pre-show on the uh, May Young fucking... <laughs> Royal. And she'll win it like it actually matters. Yes. <laughs> like Carmella and her career took off too. She's over her and Queen Zelina. Like, that's with the pointless tag titles are about as worthless as the belt around my waist right now. A jerk. It is what it is. Just speaking facts here, Mr. Marceau. But we'll talk all about it right next week here on WrestleRant Radio. All the Royal Rumble rants or praise if it's a great show. We'll find out come Saturday night. Um, enjoy the show, Mr. Marceau. Try to endure that snowstorm. Let me know how you make out with the shovel, and I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. Feel it. I'm here to rumble.